Welcome to the Prime Talk with your hosts, Dan and James. Dan, we are we are ready. We're all here. We're ready to go. Okay. So thank you, gentlemen, and uh, Jeannie. Uh, welcome to the uh, playing of the Halls of Tizenthane in honor of its publication 40 years ago in White Dwarfs, the adventure by Alvi Fiore. Uh, so, Pangley Redbeard, I understand you have a die 30. If you could please roll it. 27. Gentlemen. It's in the fall. It is the 27th day of the month. A light snow is beginning to fall. Hey, it's over like Minnesota today. <laughs> exactly. Just open up the windows. That's what it looks like. So you're traveling through a thick forest in search of adventure. Snow is starting to accumulate upon the ground. You get the sense, particularly uh, the ranger, so particularly uh, Jeannie, your character, would notice, Meadow Greenfield, would notice that it seems unnaturally quiet and there is little signs of wildlife. As dusk approaches, you come to a small village on the banks of a river. You ride through the village to a ferry landing only to find that the boat and the boatmen are locked in the boathouse, having closed for the day. You can sense that the river is far too dangerous to try crossing other than by ferry, and the sun is starting to set. The village that you've just passed through is very small. The only sign of life in the village comes from the ferryboat tavern and the stable next to it. As you return to the village, you notice villagers are scurrying about quickly as the sun is starting to set. They're going inside their houses. They're closing up their shutters. And what you notice, Tangley, this is very interesting to you, Tangley Redbeard, the dwarf, you would notice that all of these houses are built out of stone, which is interesting because the furthest away, the, the closest mountains are to the south, far in the distance. And Tangley, you would recognize that it would have taken quite a bit of effort to get all of this stone here to the village to construct these houses. Uh, you then, you take your horses to the stable where the owner, a deformed cripple by the name of Gibbers Bliley, recommends that you stay the night in the ferryboat tavern and you take his advice and head there. In the tavern, as the sun is starting to set, you notice other patrons who are having dinner start to get up and leave the tavern, one by one. At some point in time, the owner of the tavern, Bartrand Mendel, locks and bolts the door and pulls the shutters closed and fixes them with heavy iron bars. He's quite genial though, and you strike up a conversation with him, and this is what you learn. He tells you, tonight you should retire to your rooms 
and not on pain of death, <clears throat> open the shuttered windows because of the night things. He explains to you that they are creatures, dark shapes, who come to the village and the surrounding woods at night, and they have killed many villagers. Villagers have been found disemboweled, and no one, no one in the village would ever dare sleep outside during these times. Also, one resident who was on the path to the south one night recently heard the most terrifying, haunting cry in the woods, causing him to run in panic all the way back to the village. Now, the villagers have been talking about these strange events, and they've noticed that a magic user who used to live to the south, named Tizen Thane, and whose palace was at the end of the path running to the south, used to come regularly to the village. But for the past six months, he has not been heard of. And strangely, about six months ago is when these night things started coming to the village and the villagers are wondering if there might be some connection. Mm. Now, they have heard some things of Tizen Thane's goings-ons about. For example, his brother, Diker Thane, who lives with him, has in the past six months sometimes sent his men to the village for supplies, but nothing has been said of Tizen Thane, and rumor is and belief is that maybe something has happened. Tizenthane. Bartrand tells you that the halls of Tizenthane are rumored to be lit- uh, are rumored to be littered with treasure. Also, the daughter of a merchant in a nearby town has gone missing, presumed dead, but the merchant is still offering a reward of one thousand gold pieces to anyone who can recover her five hundred gold pieces for any information regarding her fate. She has long golden hair and was apparently quite beautiful. The villagers in talking to you and Bartrand in talking to you learns that you are adventurers. And he tells you that if anyone could put a stop to the marauding of the night things, the villagers could muster 2,000 gold pieces to pay to them. Now I'm going to keep, gentlemen. I'm going to and and you know, I'm going to move things along since we're on a time schedule here. So I'm going to let you know that you retire to your room. The owner locks you in. You hear a bar shut on the outside of your door. When you ask why he's doing this, he explains to you if for some reason you were foolish enough to open up the windows to your room and a night thing got in, the bar is meant to protect the rest of the residents of the ferry boat tavern. Fortunately for you, you are not tempted, unlike other party members who've been in this adventure, you are not tempted (laughs) to open the window, and the night passes uneventfully. Oh, I'd be tempted. (laughs) This is why... We are fast forwarding. <laughs> Vic, do you have somewhere to, you have somewhere to be? No. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> you want the night to pass on? I can't, I can't peek out the window through like a crack in the window. Can I look through a crack through the window? Is there a crack? I can, can see outside. You, 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 you can open up the window. You can, yeah. There's it's shutters. There obviously they can be opened by you. That's why he's got the bar on the door. Uh, is there a crack, like like half an inch crack? I can look outside, oh, but it is. It'd be very hard. I mean, you got to remember it's dark outside. I got so, vision. <laughs> okay, if you so if you want to take a, a peek outside to look to see if you see any sort of uh, with your infravision, how, mm -hmm. how long are you going to sit there and, and watch? Oh, just a couple seconds. If I hear noise, that's all I'm going to do. If I hear noise, I'll take a quick peek. Okay. So as you are looking out, the only thing that you would see is you can tell based upon your infravision that it looks like some deer uh, in the woods outside. That's all you see. Okay. Okay. All right. Go all right. Okay. All I right. I have a question. So, yes. If you don't mind. <clears throat> uh, well, the uh, the uh, innkeeper said that the uh, uh, that the Thane brothers had, uh, uh, or the Dyke Thane, the brother of Thyssen, had uh, some of his men sent to 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 the village uh, within the last six months. Uh, how many men are at the manor? Like how many? How many? Is it a, a whole household, or do they have a, a couple of servants, or do they have like a whole staff of uh, of soldiers and uh, servants and such? Yeah, so so um, a veteran tells you that over the past six months, he would probably estimate that he saw maybe about six different men come on behalf of Diker. How many men there are total with Diker, he doesn't know. He just knows that they said they, they, they were sent by Diker Thane, and he's counted a total of six. Thank you. Oh sure, you're welcome. All right, anyone and and anyone else have any other questions that you want to ask? Because it's it's morning, you're having breakfast. The innkeeper is there. Did uh, we hear anything during the night? You did not. There was no noise during the night. Okay. Um, so um, the innkeeper has told you that um, the way to the palace is through the path to the south, uh, and so. I'm assuming you want to take the path to the south that you want to investigate, right? So you know that there's a reward out there for to recover the merchant's daughter. Um, you know, you were in search of adventure heading east. You know that there's rumors that something maybe has happened to Tizen Thane and that his palace is filled with treasure. That's, you know, what you know at this point. So I'm assuming that you're going to want to head south. Yes. Okay. Okay, so the next morning, as you've decided to investigate the halls of Tizenthane, you take the southern path. It is a small, overgrown track through the forest. The forest is quite dense. After about two hours of riding, about ten miles, you reach hill lands at the foot of a cliff. The track leads through a narrow ravine, which is wide enough for single file only. Now, as you're traveling down this path, all of a sudden, right in front of you, a rock comes tumbling down. Here's to have been thrown, and you hear some screeching and some chattering up on the right at the top of the ravine. Oh, no. 
What do we see up there? You see nothing. You see what looks like maybe you see some bushes and some plants moving, and you hear chattering, but you can't see anything. The forest up there is too dense. Do I recognize the language? You do not. It was a chattering. Nope, you don't. It was clearly, an, it sounds like an animal. I'll ride up and, I'll ride up and see. You're going to, okay, you're probably, you're going to have to get off of your horse. Yeah, I don't know that I'd want to be in a ravine anyway. <laughs> so we're all, we're all just automatically in a ravine. Or. Yep, it got very narrow. It's your single file only. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll ride up and, and see if I can find anything. Well, it's, follow. It's, it's quite dense. You're going to have to leave your horses behind. You're going to have to go up on foot if you want to go. I follow Meadow on foot. I will. <laughs> Okay, and who's and tell me, okay, when you say I follow, just because sometimes I can't see who's B. So which character is going up? I know Meadow. Mildred. Mildred, okay. Mildred and Meadow, the M&M oh, yes. twins. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Okay. All right, so um, you go up there, and you stand up there, and, you know, you're just looking around. I mean, it, it's thick forest. Um, the chattering has stopped. You don't see anything. Nothing that would lead you to believe you could tell what had thrown the rock. No broken branches? Well, so, you know, how much time are you going to spend searching? I mean, you're going to spend a fair well, amount of time? I'm going to, uh, I'll search along the ridge and look, and I'll look for signs like if there's, you know, uh, footprints, uh, tufts of hair, anything, animal scat that would indicate anything that had been there recently. Okay, so you, okay, so you're tracking. Well, like 15, yeah, 15 minutes maybe. Okay, so you're tracking. Yeah. Okay, so Meadow, you do notice some broken branches. Um, what's interesting, and you do notice some scat too. It looks simian to you, yeah. but oh. it's, it's not any that you've recognized, you don't recognize precisely what it is. It's, it's new to you. And what's interesting, too, is you do notice that some of the broken branches are up in the tree. So it looks like there was probably your best guess is that there was something up in the tree that carried up a rock and threw it from the tree. And you can tell has sort of after throwing it kind of made its way south. Mm. So, Meadow, Mildred, what are you going to do? Are you going to stand up, stay up there or are you going to come down? Well, yeah, I think we, we should maybe let the rest of the group know and then figure out a way to take cover or do something. Indeed. So we don't get clonked on the head. <laughs> okay, so uh, Meadow and Mildred return. They relay to you what Meadow has discovered. And so what are you guys going to do? So and I, I can tell you that there are some places on the path where you could get cover, but of course it would only be temporary. You know, it's little alcove type areas. All right, the gnome will uh, go to one of the alcoves, take uh, his ferret out of his pouch, speak to him in burrowing mammal, and send him off ahead as a uh, reconnaissance. Go in about uh, 30 yards, 50 yards, scout around, and then to come directly back. 
So that, that would be lanky, I believe. Uh, yes, lanky. And, and so I'm also going to uh, load up a stone bullet or, excuse me, a, uh, a bullet into my sling and okay. be prepared. Okay. So um, Lanky says to you in burrowing mammal, he says, is it, is it safe, Taupey? It's safe. Stay hidden. Stay under the brush. Okay, you know what Ta to do. I trust you, Taupey. Okay. So you see this little, so you, you notice Taupey. Now you haven't adventured before, so you notice all of a sudden a ferret comes popping out of, you know, one of Taupey's bags and oh, nice. a, little, a little conversation ensues. And all of a sudden you see a little ferret go scuttling off and he's, he's kind of like dodging in and out of, you know, he's kind of like hiding in shadows and things like that as he goes and he, he disappears. Uh, so you're waiting some time. All of a sudden you see a little dust cloud comes running back. And Taupey, he says to you, oh, Taupey, Taupey, dead body, dead body up ahead, dead body up ahead. Oh, interesting. Okay. I, can okay. I can show you. All right, yes, uh, very eager. So let me uh, tell our friends, and then we'll go investigate. Yeah, follow me. And he just speeds off. <laughs> I tried to catch him real quick, but I was like, ah, He'll be okay, and I go back and report to the rest that I have some super uh, super secret ferret information that I was able to uh, mm -hmm. gain, and I let them know what's happening, and that there's a dead body up ahead, and I know nothing more. Excellent. Okay. Sounds you... interesting. Let's go there. Okay. That's the plan? Um, I'd say um, I think we should creep up on this body. Use half speed, creep up, conceal, hide as much as we can until we can see what happened to the body. You know. Yeah, I'm going to be looking up at the top of the ridge as I'm moving forward as well. Yeah, I'll load my shield up in case boulders or rocks start raining down on us. Got it. Okay. I, I think I'm going to make my way back up too. And then I'll try okay. to. I'll try to stay within eye range of everybody, you know, so everybody can see. Parallel the yep, group. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, okay, all right. So Meadows up on the uh, uh, the ridge, and the rest of you are heading down the path, so slowly and carefully. So as you you get closer, you do see all this. You see a dead body, uh, what you believe is dead anyway, laying face down human size face down in the ravine and you notice that uh lanky is you you notice that lanky seems to be in this guy's backpack because you see the, there's a backpack on this guy and the backpack's sort of moving lanky mm -hmm. seems to be in there what do you do oh and he's he's armored the man is armored uh i'm gonna risk it I'm going to creep up there, leave the group behind, and I'm going to grab, try to grab the backpack that the ferret is in. Okay, all right. So you get up there. You um, Is Lanky in the backpack? The backpack is moving, and Lanky is not otherwise seen. So well, I'm going to ask Lanky's owner if he could ask Lanky what he sees in there. 
Uh, well, Talpy looks around and he calls quietly for Lanky, but um, he doesn't get an he does uh, doesn't get an immediate response. So he's waiting and calling for him. It's Tangly, you grabbed the backpack, right? Yep. You uh, you hear Talpy? You hear? Help! Help! What's happening? What's happening? And so Talpy, I'll, save uh, me! Oh, no. So I'll move up and speak with the dwarf. Uh, Tangly, that's uh, that's our reconnaissance friend in there. Uh, let's uh, get him out first before we start going crazy hand, with this I backpack. Hand, I hand the backpack over. <laughs> <laughs> Talpy, Talpy, where are you? All right, so I'll lift up the flap and uh, gently shake it out to the ground. Okay, so Talpy rolls out onto the ground and clutched in his little... Claws is a piece of parchment. I'm Look here, Tal. I'm here, Lanky. I'm here, Lanky. Uh, let me see what you've got there. And then I will uh, uh, wrestle or uh, take the parchment from him. Okay. And try to read it. Okay. So you unfurl the parchment, and the written on the parchment is to gain entrance, say to the guard, Take us to your master. And there's then a wax seal, which bears the words, Tis in Thane, barely legible. To gain entrance, say to the guard, Take us to your master. And there's nothing of interest uh, that you can tell on the body other than that. Uh, there is an old sword laying next to him. But uh, you do know, so... Uh, Tangly, you would have noticed when you went to grab the backpack, you would have noticed that his, it looks like this poor guy died from having his skull crushed. And there's, this, there's a rock not too far from him. Hmm. And the rock has some blood on it. Okay. Dan, I want my character to pick up the sword. Okay. Examine it. See if I can tell a manufacturer or anything like that or if it's uh, worth anything, and uh, roll over the body so I can see what's underneath it. Okay, so uh, the sword does not to be of anything of note. It's a standard forged weapon, and you don't see anything. You just see his armor. Um, you know, the rest of his backpack just had some other just random items, nothing of value. All right, and I search his body? Yep, nothing. Nothing, nothing of any interest on the body. Is there any indication about how long he's been dead? Is it fresh blood? Is it is he still bleeding? Did this happen recently? Maybe five days ago? Any yeah, indication? sure. So, so your best guess would be probably like about four days ago. Type of armor and and race of this dead person. Sure, uh, human, and the armor is chainmail. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, so, sorry, what was on the parchment? Was was anything written on the parchment? Yeah, so, so the parchment said, it, it said, to gain entrance, say to the guard, take us to your master. And it had a wax seal in which the words tis in Thane are barely legible. Excellent, thank you. All right, question. Are any of our characters or anybody here human? Who's all human? I think that's it. Yeah, we have I, I'm human. Yeah, Meadow and yep. Mildred. The women. Do, do they both have chain mail on them? Mm-hmm. I do. Mildred? 
Mildred the magic user. Yes, I oh. have no chain mail. Only time uh, to rub. All right. I'm going to grab the body and move it to the side of the road and uh, sort of conceal it. Okay. Okay. It's it's uh, it's concealed as best it can. I mean, well, you certainly can conceal it because you've got the ravine goes up, obviously, and there's trees. So, okay. So, um, it's uh, it's concealed. I gotta make my money back with the armor if I if I don't make anything inside the building. <laughs> yes. It's a stash. It's my stash. <laughs> no money on this car- that 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 dead guy either, right? Uh, no. Okay. No. Okay. So, um, are you gonna continue on? And I know that uh, Meadow is up top. Well, I'm going to shout to Meadow and ask her if the coast is clear. Yep, Meadow, you do not see anything, any sort of disturbance in the trees. Um, you see where the the creature went. He went south, up along the top, the ridge line of the ravine. But it seems like whatever it was has, has moved on. Okay, so I've been looking upwards and all around, and I'll let everybody know it's safe to come up. So... If they, okay. if they want. Okay, so are you guys? So how are you going to proceed? Are you going to proceed up top or down in the ravine? Up top. Okay. Well, we have we have to leave our horses if we That's, go up top. Yeah, it'd be very hard. Yeah. So I ask everybody, well, what, what, what are we going to do with the horses? I'm going to dismount my horse and walk it. Um. The left of me. So that I use it sort of like as a shield and walk up the ravine with my crossbow loaded in one hand, the reins of the horse in the other. Well, it's going to be very hard. I mean, you know, you you could probably get up there with your horse. It's going to take some time. It's very thick up there. I'm I'm saying through the ravine. Yeah. Oh, through the ravine. I got you. I got you. Okay. All right. So, Vix, I'm sorry. Tangly is uh, going in the ravine. As is the gnome. Okay, Taupi in the ravine. Yeah, I'm staying in the uh, ravine, and I'm going to follow uh, that idea of dismounting and sort of walking alongside my horse. Okay, Eslian in the uh, in the ravine. Okay, is anyone Mildred. going? Up? Mildred's going up. Oh, I'm sorry, Mildred. Mildred. Mildred's going up. Got it. Okay. So Mildred. You want us to take your horses? Yes, please. Uh, Thank you, sir. I have a question. I suppose my horse isn't trained well enough to just follow me, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. no, I don't think. Unless <laughs> it's a special ability. I'm... I tie up, I tie up uh, this Greenfield's uh, Meadows uh, horse onto mine on the saddle so that uh, her horse continues to follow. Okay. I, and I, I... Uh, Mildred's, uh... Well, somebody else can take Mildred's I'll, I'll take. I'll take Mildred's horse. All right. Yeah, use them to protect yourself. So I was going to say... I'm hoping by walking up above that I'm going to keep whatever was attacking us from coming back. Okay. 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 So uh, the ravine uh, travels on, and uh, you all, about at the same time then, come to an old volcanic crater filled with water. You notice that a waterfall cascades down from the southeast. Uh, The water flows west quite fast, indicating a subterranean exit. The path leads out onto a rocky peninsula with sheer sides dropping 20 feet to water level. 
So let me just describe it again for you. So the ravine comes to an end. So obviously we've got Mildred and Meadow up top. They're seeing a bird's eye view of it. Everyone else is looking out straight at it. This large sort of volcanic crater filled with water. So it's like a lake now. Um, and you notice a waterfall on the far end cascading down. And you notice the path continues out onto a rocky peninsula in the center. And you notice standing in the middle of this volcanic crater on at the end of the peninsula, a large palace. Huh. And on your left, I live here. <laughs> Might this be the fabled halls of Byzantine? <laughs> there's a big uh, flashing light, an arrow pointing. To, no, there's not. That's not yes, <laughs> I tell you, it looks something like that. Mm. Great. Uh, is the palace surrounded by water on all four sides, or is it just three sides? On three sides. So the, and I've got a bit of a picture that I can probably give to you guys. Can you okay. see that? Oh, you're kind of small, yes. but yeah. Yeah. So, right. yep. Okay. So it, it is on the end of the peninsula. It is covered by water on three sides. But you could walk right on up there. So you notice on your left-hand side, you notice a marshy area. Uh, but you could you could walk right on up to the palace. Is there a gate or anything surrounding the palace? So, um, you know, you'd have to squint still far away. You kind of notice that if you really squint, it looks like there is a guard. There's There's an archway. That opens into maybe some sort of courtyard, perhaps, and you notice a guard. What looks like a guard standing underneath the archway. Um, before we leave the forest, I'm going to use my axe and chop down a small sapling, uh, maybe five to six feet long, and uh, use that as a um, sort of like a walking stick or a uh, trap. Uh, set her off or just to tap it in front of me as I'm walking along. If I notice anything loose or or uh, uh, uncomfortable, if, I, if I'm uncomfortable with what I see. Got like a makeshift five-foot pole. Ten-foot, yeah. Whatever, oh, no, right? ten-foot yeah. pole, but not ten feet, right? I got gotcha. you. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. So noted. Also, um, if I may, uh, Talpi is going to um, try to set a snare trap in the pathway in which we are coming. So if something comes up behind us, perhaps a, uh, it will be caught in this trap. Um, okay. All right. That's, that's a pretty simple. Well, I guess, what are you saying? Well, okay. Sending with I, I, whatever you can find. Well, I have some rope and uh, if there's a sapling close by to bend it down. So basically a spring loaded, um, um, snare trap. Got it. Okay, and so what happens if it sets off? Uh, the idea is for it to catch around somebody's uh, leg or maybe their neck or whatever. It depends on what type of creature it is. And the snare that, and the snare will spring up and hold them. Okay. Um, of course, it's not going to be very high in the ground, so it might just hold them, at least slow them down. 
Got it. Okay. And um, all right. So um, I've uh, made a roll to see how you do with that. You seems okay to you. <laughs> we'll find out if when it uh, seeks to be triggered. So okay. Got it, Taupey. It is set. Um, and you notice on so the left hand side, as I mentioned, you notice a marshy area. And on the right-hand side, you notice some um, little rocks jutting out of the water, little, like, islets. Um, and you notice some birds are uh, flying around the rocks. It's interesting. They, they look like hawks, but not quite. You can't quite make out what kind of birds these are. Meadow, you're a bit puzzled. I mean, when you look, you know, you know animals pretty well. It looks like they have the wings of eagles, but the bodies perhaps of hawks. So you're puzzled. You've not seen uh, birds like this before. Mm. Um, let's proceed forward, but be wary of these flying hawks or whatever. And I'm going to have my stick ready. Oh, thank you, James. Very good. Yeah, James, hopefully you can see the, the picture there. Oh, it went away. Uh, yeah, if you go to your chat, you can see the uh, picture of the ravine and it's saying, Tom, are you there? Can we hear you? Uh, I don't know. Am I? Yeah, we hear you. Hey. You sound great. I, Tom, Tom we, have some what bad, we have some bad news for you, Tom. All right, so you're starting to proceed. And um, as you proceed uh, up the ravine, you notice... In the marsh, let me uh, let me say, Mildred, you notice in the marsh what appears to be giant frogs, and you're counting probably like about twenty or so giant frogs in the marsh. Keep going. Okay. So what are you going to do? Keep moving. Do, do we all uh, notice the frogs or just Mildred? Well, Mildred, you notice them. All right, since we're heading, it looks like south here. I want to stick to the. I want to stick to the. Uh, here, heading south. I want to stick to the west side of the causeway that we're walking down, and okay. be, uh, be prepared with my my makeshift staff here. Okay, as you get closer. To the palace, you notice two things. First, on the left-hand side, and you'll see it probably in the chat if you look at the picture, you see a very large, it looks like an oak tree on the left. And you also notice, as you get closer to the palace, you notice that the guard is, seems quite tall and seems motionless, standing underneath this archway. And you also notice that as you are coming closer, you start to see that what looked at first like a gorgeous palace, you start to see looks a little bit unkempt. It looks like it's in a bit of a state of disrepair. You also notice about 11 or so tailless simian, five-foot creatures scampering about the roof. Sometimes on all fours, sometimes on two legs, just like that. They look a lot. They look exactly like that. And you hear screeching and chattering. And throwing poo. And throwing poo. <laughs> and, and, and yes, it is, it is the screeching and chattering that you had heard um, 
in the ravine. And this large, what motionless guard is about 12 feet tall, and he's in front of, he's standing underneath this archway, and behind him, through what looks like a courtyard, appears to be the doors of the palace. Now, you've got your horses with you, if I recall correctly, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. At this point in time, your horses start becoming quite skittish as you approach the palace. What do you do? Well, I try uh, calming my horse. Okay. What the heck? Walk up to the guy and say that phrase. What's the phrase, Jeannie, that you wrote down there? Take, us, take us to your master. Take us to your master. <laughs> okay, who else is anyone else going? So you see the dwarf goes sure. moving straight forward. Do you have your horse with you? I have the two horses. I've got uh, Redbeard's red horse and your horse. Meadows. And Meadows' horse. I'm going to take my horse. All right, you're taking your horse back. Fine. Yeah. Who's, who's going with Tangley? I follow the dwarf. Okay, no, anyone else? I'll, I'm going to follow as well. Okay, anyone staying behind? Yes, Talpy's going to stay behind and uh, be scanning the frogs and the simian creatures. Okay. Any type of threat. Okay, so we've got five of the six, it sounds like, are going up. Okay. All right. As you come closer, you notice that this, it appears to be a statue. So it is not moving, right? So it's a, it looks like a 12-foot iron statue. So when you come up to it, you can see behind it that there is, so it is standing underneath a 30-foot open archway that leads to a gravel yard. Uh, the walls are of smooth stone, and you can see in the gravel yard a few decorative clay urns. They're cracked and overgrown with weeds. There are things that are laying around. It looks all very disheveled. And there's two 10-foot doors directly opposite um, the entranceway uh, to the south. Now, let me tell you about this iron statue. So he's not moving. He's dressed in black, scaly plate mail and has a helm in the shape of a jackal and is holding a broadsword in its right hand. Um, so, all right. So you're going to go. So you're going up to him, I think, Tangly, and yeah. just to read the. Okay. All right. So Tangly gets up there. Tangly reads the writing on the scroll, and immediately this large iron creature gestures to his. So you're in the courtyard. Now he's right in front of the doors, right? So you're in, standing in the courtyard. He gestures to his left. Oh. So he looks at you and he gestures to his left, to your right. So you're standing in the courtyard. He's standing in front of the doors to the palace, and he gestures to his left. And you look oh. to your left. It looks to be a stable. Oh, okay. So what do you do? Uh, Redbeard will uh, gather everybody's horses that came up and he will walk them towards the stable. Okay. And the leaving the other characters standing in front of the, the golem or whatever this thing is. Okay. So you take the horses uh, to the stable. Uh, they're very skittish. Um, you notice Tangly when you are in the stable, 
you notice that there seems to be some smears of blood here and there, just periodically throughout the stable. Mm. Well, the other ones of you are standing there. Yeah, um, everyone but Taupi, the other four, are standing there. All of a sudden, you see a pot comes flying through, like an iron pot, like cooking ware, comes flying through the air. Father Glug, it is coming right at you. Oh, no. I rolled. Dodge. I rolled I'm sorry? Dodge? <laughs> okay, you tried to dodge. I rolled a 15 with my flying pot. You notice it's coming from one of these simian. Simian creatures seems very aggravated up on the roof, and it's just rolled a pot at you. It is a 15. Father Glug is in AC8, so I think that's going to be a hit. James, it seems pretty clear, right? A 15 yep. on an AC8? That's right. You take 37 points of damage. No, yeah, now you're dead. <laughs> now, that, now that's, that's from uh, this last two days ago, three days ago when we played. He, uh, he got, uh, Tom plays in my local game, and unfortunately he got hit pretty hard, so. Well, Father. Last time, I, last time I displayed damage, that was the end of his character, so I, I feel a little bad, so. Father Glug, you went left, you should have gone right. That thing hits you right on your head. Um, one point of damage. And this thing seems, and you hear starting to hear a lot of chattering. Two more of these simian-like creatures appears, and they seem aggravated. And one of them is holding some sort of object and looks like he's getting ready to throw it, at which point in time Tangly returns. Uh, uh, before I return, Dan, before, before yes. I return, looking at the blood smears, was there horse hair inside those blood smears or anything? There was indeed. Uh, well, then I'm not leaving the horses behind. I'm taking the horses back with me and and telling and whispering to the crew here what I found inside the stable. How far okay. is how far away are these simians? Oh, the simians are probably like about, I'd say about 25 feet away. Oh, well. They're on the roof. Hmm. And there's, how many are looking at us? Well. Three? Yeah, three are looking at you, and Eslian, one is throwing something at you. Uh, yeah, I'm going to back up. That's a 13. Okay, 13 on AC4, James. How's that? Yes. Uh, that's pretty good. 13, AC4, no, that's a miss. All right, you're back okay. up, Eslian, and yeah, something land, like a rock lands right in front of you. Is there any place where Eslian sees that she could take cover? There, well, you know, yeah, um, yeah, you could stand like maybe like right against the wall on the outside of the palace, you know, so that way you'd be flush against the wall would probably be helpful. I mean, they'd have to come right up there and start throw it straight down, so it wouldn't be complete protection. Um, I can right, so that's what I do. I kind of... If anyone feels like fighting, you hold my shield in a defensive posture. Okay, yeah, shield <laughs> against the wall with, like, shield over your head, kind yeah. of. I got gotcha. you. I see a Monty Python. Yeah, they hurt those here. rocks. <laughs> Is there a way to... I have spider climb memorized. If anyone feels uh, inclined to to uh, climb up and actually fight these creatures, actually, that's what Talpy was going to do. He was going to charge forward with his horse, sticking close to the wall, dismount, and attempt climb walls. Okay, get just, on the. Okay, just let you know, Talpy, as this is all happening, this guard 
the, the minute that Tangley returns um, with the horses, the guard turns around and opens the doors to the palace. So it's your choice, obviously. You've got open palace doors. You've also got your horses with you. And you've got these simians very aggravated above you. So I just want to let you know that. And you let me know if that's going to change anyone's decision of what to do. Actually, I'm going to charge for the door, the palace doors. Okay. Instead of the... So oh, try well. to get inside cover. With, with, yeah. with charge with your horse? Yes. Oh, got it. Okay. So he should, he should fit. So He's hopefully I don't run anybody over. I say, make way, gangway, coming through. Okay, that's all right. So if everyone else could tell me what they're doing while you all of a sudden, it's all happening very fast. You see all of a sudden here gangway in uh, Gnomish, um, and you see Taupi <laughs> is coming, flying through the courtyard. What's everyone else doing? If he successfully makes it past the golem with the horses, I'm taking the horses with into the palace. <laughs> okay, all right. Might as well follow into the archway of the door. Yes. Because that'll give me some cover from above. Okay, so the uh, Taupi goes racing through. And first, uh, let me do a roll. Hope it's not low. See if anyone is in the uh, in the way. It's a 19. Now, you guys are like, it's like the Red Sea parting. You guys ought to spling yourselves. Taupi goes right on through. Taupi, what's your dexterity? 17. 17. Taupi, give me a dex check. So let me know what you're on a D20, obviously. Four. Oh, very good. All right. So, so, so Taupi, you go racing on through. You guys see this large guard tries to reach out to try to grab Taupi and misses. And so, Taupi, you find yourself now in a large, what appears to be a banquet or entry hall. What do you do? So, you know, you, you come in there, you see a very large table, a very large room with uh, doors on the far end. That's it. What do you do? I draw my sword and, uh, of course, steady the horse and look for a place to uh, hitch the horse. But I stay on the horse, draw my short sword, and look around and wait for the others to follow. Okay, as you're doing all that, all of a sudden, you feel something grab you from behind. And you are just lifted in the air. And the rest of you can see that this iron statue has grabbed Taupi. Taupi's little legs are dangling and kicking, and he takes Taupi, and he sets him down to the north, and then turns around heading south. And so there you see Taupi is behind this statue, which is now turned around heading toward the south, now motionless. So is this the same, is this the same, same uh, guard? It's the same. He oh, followed okay. him in. So when Taupi so went going on through, he tried to grab Taupi. He missed, and then he followed. He moved fast. He moved in. He races in there, and as Taupi is, like, drawing his sword, looking for a place for his horse, all of a sudden he grabs him and lifts him up and turns him and sets him behind, so to the north then, like more closer to the entrance of that banquet hall, and then stands and turns to the south and okay. is now motionless. Take my horse and myself and walk on in. Okay, you can do that. All right, you are in. 
Yeah, I'm going to follow off, get, but I'm not going to be on my horse. Okay. What are you guys going to, okay, what are you guys going to do with your horse? So, okay, well, let me describe the room that you're in. Yes. Okay, so, so this is, it is 50 feet across east-west. So to left to right, it's about 50 feet, 70 feet long. It is 30, very high ceilings, 30 feet high ceilings. The walls are of smooth stone. You notice up, there are seven openings lining each side of the east and west walls, about 20 feet up. There's a large table in the center with many seats, and the walls below the windows are bedecked with tapestries and banners. And these tapestries and banners have images of a scaled humanoid with the head of a fierce jackal. You can also see images of cave bears, giant crocodiles, giant scorpions, giant snakes, and men in black scaly plate mail with broadswords. Uh, mm -hmm. Dust is on every surface, though you would notice, uh, uh, Meadow, Meadow, you would notice that there are many footmarks uh, amongst the dust. Three large chandeliers hang from the ceiling. On the west is a raised platform with some broken instruments, and on the east is a cupboard. And as you are scanning around, Father Gluck, you notice on the north end, high on the wall, you see a large painting of a wizard dressed in purple robes. And at the south end are two five-foot doors that open into the next room. And as you guys are all scanning and taking this in, the guard starts walking to the doors to the south. What do you do? I open the cupboard. Cupboard. Okay. So, you know, you see inside the cupboard are some wide mouth pitchers and some highly decorative platters and metal goblets and tankards and utensils. Looks, you know, like your standard banquet fare. As you are inspecting one of these fascinating goblets, you notice, and all the other players would see this, that this guard comes and grabs you and lifts hey. you up. Hey. And sets you down. Hey. What's and your manner? Facing the north again? He went back to get him, and now he's going back toward the southern doors. And he starts walking toward the southern doors, and he opens the southern doors. And he stands there. Well, at this point, Eslian has kind of moved away from her cover and has followed everybody in, so... I've walked in with my horse as well. Okay. So are you guys... I have a question, sorry. Uh, uh, the, the trinkets uh, in the cupboard, uh, are, are they, are they silverware or are they, do they look anything like they would be worth anything other than, uh, you know, just, is it just tin or, or, or what sort of material is it? They're not a bad value. So um, it, 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 it looks like they're probably made of silver. So you you would think that they're probably of decent value. They 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 look ornate. I take a couple of goblets and put them in my backpack. Okay, you got it. Thank you. Okay. What's in the pictures? It, there is. What what was in the picture? You mean the uh, the pouring pictures? The yeah. drink? It just nothing. It's all empty. It, it looks like no one's really used this stuff for a while. Is there anything behind the tapestries that go kind of like take my 
club and see if I can see anything behind them. Okay. So you are poking behind uh, the tapestries. Um, you do not see anything other than you feel something, which is you feel somebody grab you, lift you in the air, and set you down. And it, of course, is the statue. And he now opens the doors to the south, and he is standing there. Esslingen is going to search for some hidden or concealed doors. I'm going to look through the doors in the south. What do I see? Okay, so you so you go up to the doors to the south. Um, as and who was that that searching? Is that I see? Esslingen. Esslingen is searching. So, um, Esslingen, you start searching. And Esslian, you do not find anything, but you do feel something. And I can tell you, when you feel this statue grab you this time, it's starting to hurt a bit. It seems painful. Trying to hurt us through the Yeah. I, I think the statue wants us to go somewhere, but I just lost pictures. Oh, you got it. Now we're fine. And actually... He starts walking into the next room. Oh, and I know someone was looking into the next room. So what you see in the next room is you see a room that is 70 feet across, east-west, about 45 feet north-south. It is, again, very high, 30-foot high ceilings. It is richly decorated, though dusty. And though there is a marble floor with sweeping patterns and strange symbols, there is a 15-by-15-foot 15 15 dais. On the east wall, uh, there is, on the dais, is a throne. It is ebony carved with writhing vines and flowers, buds of carved eyes inlaid with light-colored wood, and heavy purple drapes behind the dais against the east wall. You see two five-foot door openings inward on the north and south walls, and two seven-and-a-half-foot doors opening inward on the west wall walls. Next to each door is a standing figure in scaly black plate mail armor with jackal on the helms with broadsword and shield with a coiled cobra. So again, what you got is a dais on your left-hand side with purple drapes behind it. You've got doors to the ones you came through, of course, doors directly across from you on the south, doors to the east, and then on all of the doors, so it'd be six of these total, are standing figures in black scaly plate armor uh, with jackals on their helms. And the figure is the, he continues to walk through this room. What do you do? Uh, the chair, the throne. <laughs> oh, sorry. You go, you go into the throne? I go sit on it. Okay. I have a question. I have a question. Is is there dust on this floor, on the marble floor as well, just like in the uh, banquet room? Or is there it... is. It's dusty, but you can tell that there are also footmarks in this room. So it is dusty, but mm -hmm. it looks like people have been through here somewhat recently. And um, I can tell you. So you sit on the throne, uh, Tangly. Uh, you sit on the throne. Uh, nothing happens other than the fact that this statue comes and grabs you and puts you down in front of the throne. And, and in between the silence, you're hearing 
up on the roof, like something running across the roof at this point and chittering. Mm, I wonder what that might be. That's so, a uh, contribution to this. There's no breaks in the roof, right? Not, uh, not here. Not here. Not here. Okay, uh, are you going to... Are the guard figures those same statues that... 12-foot-tall statues, or...? No, so they... No, they are human-sized. Are they so moving? Are they, they look like they're animate, or...? They are not moving. So they do not look like they're animated. They're just, they look like, they look like uh, decorative suits of armor. Mm. I look behind the... I walk up to the throne and look behind... Uh, up to up the dais and look behind the... Was it curtains or, or drapes behind the uh, throne? Uh, yeah, so it is some, uh, basically some, some curtains behind it. All right, you, you, you look behind it, and, um, you know, there's um, a little bit of room. And who is this? I'm sorry, who's talking? Which character? Sorry, Mildred. Mildred, all right. Yeah, you're pretty Mad. tiny. Yeah, Mildred. So, uh, yeah, you could squeeze back there if you want. It's pretty tight, but uh, there's a little bit of room. You could squeeze back there if you wanted to try. You going back? Okay, what are you doing back there? I look, uh, am I behind the curtains or in front of You them? are. So what you guys see is, you would see if you were watching this, you're just sort of seeing like this little lump going along in the curtain. And the curtains are kind of rippling. I feel the wall if I can find anything uh, of, uh, of interest. You are on a, you do not find anything of interest back there. It just seems to be the back of, you know, behind, hmm. the wall behind the dais. I get back out. Okay. Nothing to see here. All right. And the statue continues on into the next room. Um, and I can tell you, when he opens the doors to the next room, so light all of a sudden comes flooding in. Uh, this appears to be an exterior room. And let me just tell you what the... Um, so the minute, the minute he opens up, that route. You noticed that the snow had continued to pick up as you guys were traveling. Some of the snow was continuing. When he opens up this room, you just notice that there is just the snow has really started to pick up, and you are in an outside courtyard. Uh, you notice that this courtyard is overgrown with shrubs and trees, and there's a fountain in the center. So it's basically you've got four little areas of trees. And in the center is a fountain. And you notice that there are two alcoves on the east. Um, and in each of the alcoves, they appear to be like little lounge areas. Um, you've got embroidered cushions in each one, a low table. Mm. Each one has a brass hookah, uh, which, you know, uh, you know, those who like, right, those who are smokers in the party would recognize these as smoking devices. Yes, Mildred, definitely. Mil yeah, Mildred, definitely. Um, you sell some in that shop, I think, that she works in. There's pipe weed inside the hookah. You what? Is there any pipe weed inside the hookah? Okay, well, wait a second. All right, and you've got a small wooden box on the table in hmm. the south alcove. So, uh, Tangley, you're heading over to one of the alcoves? Yeah, I want to look in the box and look inside the hookah and see what they've got. SMI. Okay. So the hookahs don't have anything in there, but you do notice that in the small wooden box, you do find some dried leaves in there. They're black dried leaves. Interesting. 
I'll 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 give it a go. I'll take the black dried leaves and and put them in the hookah. And uh, I suppose I, I I suppose Mildred knows how to operate these things. So I um, I uh, light it on. Okay, Mil- Mildred is just about to take a hit when this large creature grabs her. Hey, hey. <laughs> Picks her, picks little Mildred up, you know, and the leaves are going, the hookah falls, and leaves are flying around, and they're kind of they're starting to, you know, it's kind of snowing, the, the leaves are starting to get scattered about, um, just not good, and uh, yeah, she, she's being brought back and put back in line, basically, and so, so you've got... sweep the floors instead, it's all dusty in there, you could go do some, uh, uh, do some real work instead. Well, this is not just, so you're outside now, so basically, so now, you know, it's getting kind of slippery, you know, the snow is really starting to come down. Is, 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 what are you going to do? Is anyone, you know, he is I'm now... Box of the leaves and, and, and shove it in my pack. All right, so Tangley races back and is quickly... Half of that is mine. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, we'll discuss it later. Come on. <laughs> sure, sure. The tank is as he's grabbing it all, he gets grabbed too, and he's got the box. And um, you notice that in between the two lounge areas, two alcoves, is a little, um, in between it is another, basically a, um, another statue, a piece suit of armor um, standing in the middle. And this, this statue grabs, so the statue that's been leading you, grabs the arm that has a sword and pulls it down and a secret door opens mm. behind the statue and he it walks in. So what do you do? Follow. I'm going to follow. Okay. Uh-huh. Everyone following? Right. Let me make sure. I'm trying to get a map here, Dan. Um, so the statue has been leading us south until we Correct. got to this courtyard and now he's turning to the east. Yes. That is correct. Okay. That is correct. Yep. Exactly. Yep. And to the north and south. And then between the alcoves is the secret door. Correct. Right. So, yeah. So just uh, there's a courtyard and part of the courtyard is covered, the part to the east. And there's a statue and that's what the, uh, the walking statue pulled the sword down, revealing a secret door. Mm-hmm. Um, so I heard that the Steve's character is going through the door. Uh, Jeannie, what is your character doing? Well, I'll go too. I'll take up the rear, but I have a question. Did we hear the simians or anything else bizarre? Oh, I was just about to bring that up. So (laughs) uh, you're going to move forward, okay? Uh, Vix, what's your character doing? Oh, it's going in the secret door. Okay. Uh, Tom? I'm going to head towards the secret door, but as I'm walking past those chairs... Or anything else I can leave in the doorway to the secret door? Oh, yes. yeah, to, to prop it. Yep. So, Try to so prop it, the door open, yeah. So kind of, if, if you can think about it, there's the statue, and it's in an alcove. It's like in a semicircle alcove, and the, and the secret door is behind the statue. So you'd have to grab something from the open area well, and, and do that. Yeah, as I'm walking by, whether it's a branch or whatever I can surmise that might just again, even if it's a rock that I that I can put in there. Okay. Uh, Martin. I follow suit. I I uh, um, I walk into the secret door. And uh, Brian, what's your what's your action? 
I'm going to actually um, hitch my horse to that small statue. <laughs> and I don't think if we're going deeper into these halls, I don't think our horses are going to make it much further. Yeah, so, this, this is a five-foot passage yeah. right now. So I'll, I'll look the, for a place to tie up the horse as well. Okay, so before you enter the secret door, can I have a marching order? Oh, hell, we're going inside there. The dwarf will go first. What the heck? Dwarf's All first. Right. I'll follow. Um, uh, es- Esleyan will follow. Mildred third. Fourth. What's your character's name again? The, it's Father, uh, Father... Father Glug. Glug, that's right, Father Glug. Uh, Tom, then... Uh, Martin, then Steve. Uh, you're going to bring up the... Uh, Jeannie will be next. Yeah, Metal will be in the rear. And uh, I don't want... You know, I don't want to leave my horse out there because what if the... We, I left my horse back in the dining room. Yeah, yeah that's where I left mine, I guess. In the, in the dining room. Uh, oh, boy. Um, well, what about the what about the strange creatures outside? So what you... Well, what you notice in here... Um, you know the sound of what was on the roof, and the you know the muffled screeching. Uh, when the door opened, you did hear a sort of cackle, and there are in, you know there are trees in this. You know, basically, it's a courtyard it has trees rising up, and you notice there are a number of those creatures, and they're leering at you, and they're kind of jumping from tree to tree, and they're jumping around. Well, they're Very, not, uh, yeah. I'm They're sorry? not coming down, right? Currently not coming down, no. They're not coming down. Just I think they're too them. afraid to come down. They're too afraid, yeah, but they're probably not afraid of horses. Hmm. They should. Uh, Brian, your character's in the back. Is that what I got out of this? No, I'm right in front of um, Meadow. Okay, you're in front of Meadow. Okay, great. Um, okay, so... Uh, Brian and Jeannie's character, you see the four go in, and Meadow, you're still deciding if you're going to put the door, if you're going to keep your horse there. So mm-hmm. you have to decide pretty quickly what you're going to do. Uh, I'm going to bring, oh, it's not going to fit in there. I guess I'm going to tie my horse there, too. Okay. So, yeah. And so I'd imagine that this iron statue guide is no longer going to be our guide can't fit through this door he can he can he, he's he's going through the door it's oh, it's, right. it's uh it's it's tall but it's not very thick uh, all right <clears throat> so, so you guys are you following what's the light situation inside of here i know the humans might have some trouble if it's dark is there any uh torches there's not so you're going to need a light source mm. humans well and even for the Non-humans is just going to pick up heat differentials. And the golem doesn't put off heat, so... Uh, okay, I'll light a torch, and I'll follow, follow the golem. I have a torch. I can light one, too, if I need it. Oh. All right, so, so, so the dwarf has a light source right now, torch. Yep. And okay. then one in the beer with the ranger. So how long and wide and tall is this passage? Well, before you get in there, as you are heading past the uh, past the chair, a couple of uh, nuts and you know 
leaf prongs and probably poop, you know, splatters near the, uh, near the, uh, the statue, not the one that's moving, you know, covering it with feces and, and you hear, ah, ah, and there's throwing things at you. So I assume you kind of hurry, uh, uh, along into, into the alcove, you know, both, uh, uh, meadow ducks and dives and able to get into the secret door. The secret door itself is 15. Once you get past the secret door, the passageway is 15 feet. Correct, Dan? Correct. And, uh, you, and it, there you'll see you feet wide. It's 15 feet wide. That's correct. And, And about 40 feet across, there's a, there's a double door and there's double doors to the North and South in this room, which is basically 15 feet wide by 40 feet across. That's what you see. And, and double doors are at the end. Okay. Yes. And what does the golem do once we get in this room? He goes to the door and he opens the door at the far end and walks in. At the east end? Correct. All right. Step for step, I follow him. Okay. Uh, all right. So who else? Everyone else following? Yeah, I follow. Okay. All right. And uh, all right. So you go into this room. And you've got the torch. So the torch illuminates a room that is 50 feet east-west and 70 feet north-south. It is the ceiling is is lower than in the other areas. It's only about 15 feet high. And as this light casts upon and washes upon the walls, you guys would notice nine huge mirrors adorning the walls, each in an elaborately carved frame you notice, the dwarf is here to mirrors you notice that in the in the southeast corner uh, against the east wall that mirror is shattered and you notice right in front of that mirror is some person seems to be laying down in front of this shattered mirror clad in purple robes Face down, feet towards the mirror. One hand is concealed beneath the body. At this might point, this be the, might this be the fabled Thyssenthane? Uh, well, I can tell you at this point in time, your your guard turns around and starts walking back out, leaving you in the room. Okay, so it's got All right, is there any shattered mirror on? Tis and thing on top of the body. Um, it is so. Yeah, there's pieces all sprawled about. Yes, there's some pieces laying on the back of this body, surrounding the body. Okay, so he he's obviously the culprit that broke the mirror. Um, so you know, you're some Roll the body over and take a gander. What do I see? Okay, you notice that. It appears to be in a real state of deterioration. You, you would guess, probably, we're talking about months that this okay. body has laid here. It's pretty foul. And the skull is caved in. And he would notice, strangely, that there seems to be no trace of a brain. Oof. No uh, spell book laying around? You do not see a spell book. Mm-hmm. What was on his hand that, that uh, was underneath his body? You just see that the hand has a ring on it. A, a ring that is gold with 
zigzag bright green lines running around it. Hmm. Um, chop his hand off and put the hand and the ring in my bag. Okay. Nice. <laughs> it's a little bit bloody, but okay. Yeah, <laughs> It's more well, like we, mummified. The hand probably came off pretty easily. Yeah. Well, uh, should we make it, James? Does he need to do a to hit roll to make sure he didn't fumble? No, that's, <laughs> not not today. <laughs> not. To- okay, just just checking. It's unmoving, so I automatically get a hit. Remember? <laughs> yeah, but you you may- <laughs> you're, you're, you're assuming it's not moving. Oh, it's Use the assassination table. <laughs> that's right, assassination that's table. Exactly. Okay, uh, all right, Tangly, you've got the hand with the ring in your bag. So there, there you are. What do you do? As we walked in, was the other mirrors, were there any reflections? Were there any? Yeah, so Father Glug, you look in the mirrors, and you see yourself. So you, you see yourself looking back at you in the other mirrors. They seem to be working then. Or, or, or you said that they were elaborate uh, uh, carvings in the f- frames uh, and so forth. Uh, are the frames, do the frames all look alike or are they unique to each uh, mirror? Well, they're each different. Um, they seem to be so, you know, some of you would probably recognize that they seem to be carvings that are typical of maybe the Far East. Esleen es- is going to start searching for hidden and concealed doors at this point. Okay. Just doing a sweep around all the mirrors around the perimeter of the room. Going to elf the room, so to speak. Going to elf the room. Right. All right. Um, Esselian, uh, you are not able to find any secret or concealed doors. Uh, uh, that take, that takes ma- a little bit of time. So you guys, That's true. Can, you guys can go through and say what you're going to do. So go ahead, Jeannie. Uh, I was just going to ask, are the mirror, did you say if they were hanging or standing or what? How are they? They're attached. They're they're fixed to the walls. Correct. Okay. Um, (laughs) And then, is there gaps in between them or no? Yes, there is. There is about ten feet of gaps in between them. Ten feet. Okay. I'm. I'm not. I don't want my reflection in a mirror. I'm going to stand in between a gap. Okay. I don't. (laughs) I don't like mirrors in rooms either. Likewise. Likewise. (laughs) Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna strip the body and look to see what else is on it. Okay, so um, you strip the body, and what the only thing that you notice is that you feel that in the when when you're touching the robe, his purple robe, in the lining of the robe, there seems to be something sewn into the robe. Take out my knife, cut it open. What's in there? You find two scrolls. And, okay, uh, and uh, do I recognize any writing on the outside of the scroll? You do not. Uh, let's see here. We got a magic user and a cleric. I call them both over and say, gentlemen, ladies, up so for them to examine. That's right. Ladies. That's right. <laughs> They're both women. <laughs> I'm not a woman. Larry, oh, yeah. Yeah. They don't have beards, so they're ugly to me, you know? <laughs> uh, okay. Enough. Cleric, you go first. All right, so I'll, I'll uh, Esselian will examine the scrolls. 
Eslian, they, they do not seem to be clerical in nature. So I hand them over to the magic user. Yes. Do I need to uh, uh, read magic to see if they, if they are uh, magic use spells? James, what's, what's the rule on that? I don't remember. I don't either. Yes. Hmm? Well, he, would, yes. he would need to cast read magic just to know whether they're, if they are Correct. magic users. Well, if you try to read them, they're cursed. They would be, they're not cursed if you try to read them. Which yes. again, the half elf figured that out, but they are they are they are not readable to you. Uh, I cost uh, uh, read magic. Okay, well then you would be able to read them, and they are uh, they are scrolls of the same, and they are of uh, levitation, if I remember correctly. Correct. Hmm. So you have you have found two scrolls of levitation. Well, I put them oh. in my backpack. What do we see when we look straight up? No, it's just ceiling. 15-foot high ceiling. Nothing. Was there any other doors? Is this the only door? That is the only, yes. You do in, not see in, any other doors. In this room, but in the hallway, the hallway from where the secret door was, there's double doors to the north and to the south of this as well. I didn't know if you captured that, but I just wanted uh, to. And, uh, and we went into uh, the east. That is correct. That's right. Yes. So it's the north and to the south. Okay, yes. In, in the location where the mirror was broken, um, is it just wall behind it? Is there anything special? No, just stone wall. Um, I'm just going to suggest to my fellow adventurers, what do you think would happen if we broke one of these mirrors? And I look down at the body and say... Yeah, 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 I don't want to break them unless we have to. So you, you're saying it's probably a bad idea then? It's seven years bad luck. <laughs> seven years of misfortune. Well, you get a save. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe not. There is break the mirror when I leave. <laughs> hmm. Shall we go check the other doors in the, form, in the previous room? I think that's the best action. I don't think this room is fully explored yet. Uh, Dwarf's going to use his ability to detect uh, uh, stuff and walk around. Detect okay. stuff and walk around. I love it. Let me see. Dwarf detects sliding doors, moving stones, you know, the whole nine the dwarven gambit. So, yeah, so after, after you chop the arm off and uh, manhandle the, de the de deceased corpse, you then decide you're going to follow the elf around who's still... Uh, looking at concealed doors, secret doors, and, you know, even though you have s some animosity towards the half-breed, you uh, come to the conclusion, at least your professional opinion, that besides the mirrors and, the, and now the desecrated corpse, there is uh, nothing else in the room. Did the stone... Guardian or whoever brought us this way, did he? Is he gone? Gone? He is not. Yeah. Go back you, don't, to the, uh, you don't see him. If I look through the door on the west, if you look through the door on the west, it's, it obviously goes back to the secret door that lets you into the courtyard. He is not visible there. Okay. He probably went back to his guard position. Probably. Mm hmm. Um, so we find nothing in this room. Let's go back into the hallway and, 
Anybody want to throw a rock at the mirror as we leave? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to, since it was my idea, I'm going to, if there is a rock, right before I close the door behind us, I'm just going to throw the rock as hard as I can and slam the door shut. So you have uh, a total of four, five, six, you have eight other mirrors that you could throw at. And so starting, if you're looking into the room, which is headed west, there's one north, to, to the northwest corner, to the northeast corner, one in front of you, one broken mirror, one in the southeast, and two to the southwest. So I'm going to throw it in the middle of the non-broken mirrors. I'm so the middle in the middle, middle mirror, op- uh, basically uh, directly opposite of where you're standing. Okay. Yeah, that would be because op- when you open the door, the double doors, there is a mirror directly opposite you, and then in each corner there were two mirrors, mm-hmm. and, except one in the southeast corner is broken where the dead body okay. was found. So if you throw it in the middle one, that would be directly across from you. So is that what you're gonna? Is that what the uh, your uh, character's gonna I, do? I think I'm gonna go for it. Go for it. I'm gonna throw it towards the corner. Uh, which corner? Just northwest, to the, to the, northeast, to, to my left, to my left. I guess that's where. Right. Uh, so to your left would be there's a two in the northwest corner and two in the northeast corner. Okay, so the northwest. All right. So you're gonna kind of chuck it and then close the door. Yeah. Before before I even hear the impact, I'm gonna shut the door. All right. Well, so I'm gonna say uh, roll. Wait, you're gonna, ever get ready to run. Yeah, you're gonna make two rolls for me. Then you're gonna make a to hit roll. And then you're going to make a dex check to see if you can dive out and close the door. Okay. So, D20? Yep. You can do this. Uh, I got a seven. Seven? Okay, and now roll. you want to roll under your dexterity. And I got a six. Okay, so Estlin chucks the uh, rock and quickly closes the door, and nothing happens. Good work. <laughs> Anybody else want to try? Sure, what the heck? I take out my crossbow and a bolt and keeping the door about that far open, whichever mirror I see, I'm going to shoot my crossbow bolt. Okay. Um, I roll uh, 19. Oh, yeah. So you, you hit, you probably would hit the one uh, to the north and it, and it, sh- it explodes, right, Dan? Yeah. Yep, totally shatters. It's shattered. All right. And I rolled a five to close the door in time. Yeah, you're you're able to close it. Yep. All right. Do I hear anything in that room after the after the uh, the mirror goes tumbling down? Uh, let me see. Nope. You, you don't hear it. Maybe you know. Twenty seconds later, a piece of glass falls. The, that was hanging, but besides that, nothing. All right, prop open the door about, again, that far. Take a look and see what's happening in there. Well, now you see uh, seven intact mirrors and two that are not intact. One with a crossbow bolt in it. I tell the group, and I shut the door behind me. (laughs) Was worth a try. Okay, Okay. so now you're you're standing in a hallway with a secret door to the west that's open, Two closed doors, which lead to the mirror rooms. There's a double door to the north and a double door to the south. Um, listen at the door to the south. Check uh, heat, uh, light underneath, smell. Uh, smell. 
my five senses to uh, see what's up for the door to the south. Yeah. And Talpy will do the same thing to the one at the north, first examining the door closely for any creatures that might crawl into my ear. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, I was, the I was, oh, so you are taking your headgear off if you're hearing noise, correct? So. Well, I am keen of hearing, so that's, that's if I don't need to take my... I do not put my ear to the door. <laughs> so, so, okay, so you're just listening then. Uh, right. You don't you don't hear anything exceptional, but I'll let Dan uh, go through these door these rooms with you. Okay, so all right, so you're opening the doors. Well, there's there's one. We're we, we're, we're examining, <laughs> listening, got it. Feeling, uh, looking underneath them. We're, we're looking for any clues we can find without yeah. without. Uh, Opening the doors. Okay, you um, you don't hear anything. The um, when you put your large nose down there and take a whiff, it smells musty—a musty smell coming from underneath. But that's it. The one to the north, right? Yeah, and if you, and I'd say you know both of them. You'd, you'd smell musty smell coming from both of the doors. I'm going to let the party know. Is there any light coming from uh, either one of the rooms? There is not. Box. Box on either door? No. Heavy doors? Iron, wood, banded? Wood. Wood. They look look like normal doors. They don't look like dungeon doors. They look like palace doors. Or inward? Um, They open um, inward, into the room. That's right. Uh, still got my sapling with me. What the heck? Uh, is there a latch to, uh, to be depressed or anything to open, to, to unlock, you know, unlatch the door so I can push them open? Yes, you can do that. All right. Um, I say stack up, gentlemen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in this first room. And stand aside. Right. I'll stack. stand aside with my bow drawn. All right. On one side. Yeah, and was this to the south that Tangley's yeah, doing south. this? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Tangley to south. Okay. All right. I stand right uh, beside him. All right. Open the door, oh, fling yeah. it open, but I also have my my axe in my hand and charge in like a, like a raving lunatic. Who's Who's got the light source? I know you have infravision, Tangley. Who's got the yeah. torch? How are you? Uh, the ranger and the dwarf each had a torch. Oh, okay. I think right. the dwarf's the torch. Well, and yeah, and obviously, if the torches are going, obviously the improvision is not going to work. Um, so I assume that you're using the torches to illuminate from behind. Right. Right. Okay, so um, you pop it open. You go. You said you went charging in there, right? Right. With all right. And all right, so all right. Give me a uh, give me a uh, a dex check. Oops! Failed it. Okay, so you go running in there, and you just go flying. You, there's a bunch of junk in there. And so you step on something, and you just take a tumble. And, uh, James, what do you think on following? One point of damage, I guess, not 10 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let, let, let me just roll this, make sure I don't roll a 1 for, like, some sort of critical gash on the head. No. Okay, so, yeah. So you just hear, you know, a dwarvish, you know, some sort of dwarvish, you know, Cursing, yes. Um, and you find uh, the axe goes flying, and Tangly is just sprawled out on top of a big pile of junk. You see there's, like, 
pillows. Unfortunately, the pillow isn't what you landed on. You landed on the candelabra. Uh, <laughs> we're not going to talk about specifically. And lots of other junk, chairs, furniture, all piled up in this room. Hey, Dwarf, does the candelabra look uh, valuable? <laughs> you know, about... <laughs> he grabs a candelabra and throws it out in the hallway because he because he heard that. I put it in my backpack. Yeah, I'll roll the hits and see if it hits. It, uh, this place looks like it'd be a palace yard sale. Eighteen, and I threw it out in the hallway, so whoever is standing in the doorway got hit. <laughs> That's, that would be me. <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, that part gets a smart ass answer. Here you go. <laughs> Look, looks like a bunch of cobwebby bits and pieces, and you know, and also lots of junk. I mean, I'm not saying it has no value, but it doesn't look like it has much value. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna rummage around the room, not really searching very hard. Yeah, how big is the room? Sure. Any doors into this room? There are no doors out of there. It is 20 feet east-west, 30 feet north-south. And Tangly, as you're rummaging through and you know being illuminated with the torch, you'd notice that there are mystic murals on the walls of the room. Mm. Yes. Mm. Yes, the road to heaven is paved with bad intentions. Is yes. All right. I call up one of the, uh, since they're mystic looking, I call up the, the, the priest and tell him to come on in. There's some strange... Paintings on the wall. Yeah. Okay. Do I notice anything with them? Do they rec recognize anything? They look to you. No. Um, they look to you like they would probably be again something from the Far East. So you're seeing a Far East kind of theme. Yes. Hmm. With the contemplative messages, you know, the uh, to to seek enlightenment. Uh, Drink the blood of others and find nirvana. It's it's very twisted uh, comments on uh, meditative thoughts. Hmm. Okay. Dan thinks this is hilarious because I can see him in the Yeah, it sounds like a necromancer, my favorite. Uh, uh, uh. Um, okay, well, that's this room, and I, I, I leave the room and go to the north door. Okay, same tactic? Sure, why not? Charging in? Um, no, this time I'm going to kick the door open, and I'm going to stand back and see what happens. Okay, all right, you kick the door open, it bursts open, and you see basically the same thing, more junk. More march, in there, march in there with it with it axe drawn and examine the room. Doors, okay. blah blah blah. No doors. And again, basically same thing. You see similar murals on the wall, more junk piled up. Pretty high. It looked like um anything could be living in those piles, or are they well it no, it doesn't look like anything, you know. Other than maybe, you know, obviously giant rats or something like that, you know, hmm. certainly could be, but it doesn't look like it's the home to anything. It, yeah. looks, it looks like stuff has been stacked in here. Just shoved out of the way. 
Uh, yeah, this looks like somebody just cleared out some other rooms and threw the stuff in here. Um, I suggest we go back to the courtyard and explore no, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk out of the room. I'm gonna go back to the room with the mirrors, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go back in that room. Yeah, I'm gonna follow the dwarf with this one, and I have a wand of secret door and trap detection, and I'm gonna mm. set that off one of my charges inside this room of go. the mirrors. Yeah. Okay. And I'm not sure exactly the range and how far, uh, what I need to do, but I'm going to use a charge. And uh, um, I don't know if, I, I assume I know the keyword and how to yes. operate this thing. And yes. so I'm going to uh, start where the uh, body was and down in the southeast and scan the room for, uh, yeah, let's see, trap doors and a secret door and trap location. Yeah, I think you have to change. If I recall correctly, you have to identify which of the two you're using right. it for. Are right? you looking for traps or secret doors? Uh, I'm looking for secret doors. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and you can kind of scan the room with for a charge. Yep. Okay, so I step in the center of the room, and I uh, use a charge to do that. Yeah, you're pretty close. I mean, it, it's almost to the edge of the range, but you scan the room, and like a diviner's rod. Uh, you do not detect anything new. Okay. There's no, there's, there, the wand did not detect uh, a secret door. You know what? Taking my, taking my 10 foot or my five foot little sapling pole, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to lightly tap each mirror that's still, that's still standing or still in one piece. Okay. Wait, before I do that, I'm going to tie a rope around you. <laughs> tie a rope around you and stand aside. Hey, this, this, is a family, this is a family show. Uh... <laughs> okay. Uh, I, you, you, you tap and yeah, nothing happens from the tapping. And nothing's behind these mirrors. Can I look behind these mirrors? Well, they're fixed. You'd have to try to remove them. How are they affixed? It's hard to uh, to say. Mm. Well, I mean, the frames are, are fixed to the mirror, I mean, to the wall, and then you, you smash the, the mirrors. So you can tell that they've been mounted with, they've either been driven through spikes uh, from the outside or they've been hooked on. Um, can I move the mirrors with just my hand, just pushing down the frame of the mirror? Not the mirror itself, the frame. Yeah. No, I would no, the, move each of them. No, and then they're, they're affixed to the wall. Okay. Well, I'm just making sure they don't move one way or another, like, like there's a door behind them or anything like that. No, they're affixed. I'm going to, uh, putting my gauntlets on my hands, I'm going to go and I'm going to carefully feel around frames and see if there's anything because you said they're pretty elaborately marked and carved and everything correct all right so i'm going to do that okay if okay. anybody else has gloves or anything and want to try it uh, just work our way around 
Just a point of clarification, who's in this room and who's still in the hallway? Still in the hallway. Ashlyn is in the hallway, but she's going to go into um, that south room that had all the junk. And while all this is going on, just do a sweep of that room for concealed doors and whatnot. All right. And uh, Father Glog, what are you doing? I'm going to stay in the hallway between the two rooms with the stuff. Okay. And uh, Brian, your character? Uh, he was, he's in the mirrored room. He was, because he, he just did the thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Okay. So, um, you, you're, you're searching the uh, panel around the, the mirror, uh, you know, the, the outside of it, the frame, checking it. Yeah, uh, carefully. So, uh, Father Glog, as you're kind of scanning, you see a couple of those uh, simming monkeys appear in the, in the, uh, secret door and they chuck a couple of rocks at you and they pass by and they see you and they run back out. Shoo, shoo, shoo. Be gone. Go away. So you don't detect, uh, Gene, you know they're elaborate, they're well made, but uh, you did not find, if you were looking for some kind of lever, trap, trick, you did not see anything like that. Anything. But okay. That is correct. Okay. All right. Well, I think we've blown our lot in this room, gentlemen, and uh, I think we should uh, exit mm. and go back out to the courtyard. She took your axe and... No, I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> anymore. Uh, I'm going to load up my crossbow, though, so when we enter this courtyard, I am prepared for a shot if I need it. Okay. I'm gonna go back to the courtyard. Sounds good. So Dan, they're back in the court. They back in marching order. They're back in the courtyard. Okay. So just to let you know that the snow is really falling heavily now, and it's quite windy, almost gale force type wind. So it's very ugly out here. Um, so all right, you're standing in the courtyard, and I can tell you through the uh, through the snow, you're able to see that as you start to scan around. You notice that there's one, two, three, four. There are five doors on the southern end of the courtyard. And there are one, two, three doors on the western side of the courtyard. And then, of course, there's the doors on the north that you came through. So you've got a lot of doors to the, to the west and to the south. And to the east is just what you already know, the two lounges and the, uh, and the secret door and on the other side, on the west, directly across from where the statue was, where the arm was pulled down, is another al alcove, a corresponding alcove, uh, with a, a exact same type of statue standing in there. Of course. And then, of course, the fountain in the center. Who wants to uh, work the statue? <laughs> yeah, a dwarf is going over to the other statue. Uh, the Mildred is, uh, wants to inspect the fountain. Yeah. Okay. Search it through. Okay. All right. Ashley is following over towards the statue as well. Yes. Okay. Okay. So I can tell you. So who was the Mildred was the fountain? If I recall, right? Yes. So, Mildred was at the fountain. So Mildred, when, when the only you notice this fountain, it seems it's very clear water, very clear water, and you also notice down in the fountain you see something shimmering at the bottom of the fountain. Hmm. Something small and shimmering. How deep is the fountain? 
Oh, it's not deep at all. It's probably like about, I would say, about uh, two feet basin. I reach for the shimmering thing. Okay, when you put your hand in the water, it's mm. wet. It's wet, mm. and it's also very. It, 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 it's kind of it's kind of warm. It's like a warm spring mm. water, and you grab this. You notice it's a coin. Is what you found. It appears to be a copper piece, and what you notice is it has a, a goblin head on it. It is a goblin minted copper piece. Interesting. And those who went over to the statue, you stand in the statue, and as you're standing in front of the statue, you hear yelling coming from the door closest to you on your left. So you would be on the middle part of the western wall, and there is a door right to your left, and you hear a lot of yelling. Okay. Um what language? Interesting. Interesting. I ignore it and, search, and see if I can do the same thing that the golem did to the the statue on the other side and, oh, and see if it'll open a secret door. Okay. And before I get to that, so who, which character asked um, what language? Father Glug. Father Glug. You don't know what the language is, Father Glug. Sure. And Tangly, when you pull the uh, arm. Nothing happens. No secret door opens like it did on the other side. Does Esselian recognize the language since she's standing there as well? Esselian takes a listen. You know, Esselian sort of sounds maybe like Goblin. Yeah, Goblin. Hmm. So I turned to the people and said, that sort of sounds Goblinish to me. Mm. And uh, I found this goblin-minted coin in the fountain. Tappy's quite interested in that. He says, you know, the goblin first minted a coin about 421 years ago, and I've been oh. reading a book on this, so may I take a look at that, please? <laughs> sure, go ahead. James, ten, ten, 10 points for Tappy. That's right, 10 points. 10, ten points extra XP. <laughs> So I, I would examine the coin and to see if I recognize or can discern anything from it. Mortal enemy, the goblin. Yeah, so you do. Um, so Taupi, it is, you know, it seems to be a standard. So it's not like a buffalo nickel or anything like that, right? It's a pretty standard goblin copper piece, which, of course, interests you. But it's not, it's not going to get you rich. All right. And could I hear the yelling from where I was? Uh, even though I speak goblin, but could I hear the noise? No, because, you know, keep in mind now, the snow is really coming down, and it's it's quite windy. So it would have been hard for you to hear. You don't know what's going on over there. Yeah, it's, I mean, think of it more like there's the muffled sounds of goblin. As you got closer to the statue, the door is about 20 feet from the statue and, okay. you know, directly south. The fountain, which is in the middle of the room, is about 40 feet and you have the swirling wind and you have the shrieking and you're, you know, you're all constantly looking up to make sure that one of these simian creatures doesn't either poop on you or throw something at you. So it's a little difficult to, uh, to hear. It's taking all your energy to, to communicate with each other in this blinding snow. Okay. Uh, dwarf, dwarf goes over to the door that the, that the goblin sounds come from. And let's see here. What do I want to yell? Since I, since I can speak goblin. Really insult them. Uh, let's, uh, do I see light <laughs> underneath the door? Uh, you do. 
Uh, put my hand to the door. Is it warm? No. Not, huh? Not really warm. Hmm. Well, uh, what do I want to do? Uh, well, I, I wave everybody over without speaking, and I try to get their attention, you know, so we can stack up to either possibly enter this room. Blank the door, yeah. Yeah. And keep in mind, it's not like a bright light coming from underneath there. Your guess would be it's just maybe like some natural light coming in, not and not like a torch. Right, right. But still, I bring everybody over because this is where the sound okay. came from. Okay. All right. Um, then I ask, then I, then I whisper to my comrades saying, what do you think I should yell into the room and maybe get the goblins to come out to attack us? Mm. They're just goblins. I'll be right back. <laughs> They're ugly. They're ugly. That's some good-looking lasagna. Oh. <laughs> Um, <laughs> or that. There's an injured elf out here. Or an injured dwarf, perhaps. They might come uh, and try to take advantage of that. With this yelling, do they sound like they're in distress or are they just having making a ruckus? Know. It sounds like an argument. Oh. You know what? Maybe you know what I'm gonna say. Uh, I'm gonna say something to deal with money. Little mm. goblin goblins are gonna be greedy little suckers. So mm-hmm. let's 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 say something like that. Hey, there's a dead dwarf out here, and I just found twenty gold pieces on him, or something like that. <laughs> so that see if they come rushing out. You know what I mean? Uh, anybody else up for something like that, or do you think we should we should do something else? No, that sounds good. No, go ahead. Yeah, try to draw them out first if we can, and if not, all right. Blank the door, you know, on the side. Yeah. And which way does this door open? Will it come open out in towards us, or in? It will open into the room. All right. Okay. okay. All right. Uh, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna using the latch on the door. I'm going to open it up. Just a part way, like six inches, so they can't see directly out at me. And I'm gonna yell at Goblin, "Hey, there's some dwarfs out here, and they're trying to kill us!" <laughs> Excellent. And it, it takes takes take the take my axe and wrap it on something else metal, so it sounds like there's fighting going on. Let's <laughs> see what happens. All okay. Right? All right. You gonna yell it? Yeah. What the hell? Okay, so you first you're opening the door a little. Yep. All right. And then um, you're going to... Yelling goblin. There's some dwarves out here trying to kill us. Okay. And then uh, then wrap some metal against each other. You know what I mean? Like fake fighting. Maybe take one of the other guys here and just hold up the sword and we just tap each other's swords so it sounds like we're, we're actually in combat. You know what I mean? There's actual combat going on. Okay, all right. So you do that, you open up the door a little, and more noise comes flooding out. And when you, when you open up that door, those of you who can speak goblin now can hear that there is sort of, you know, hear goblins saying things like, whoa, we got to get out of here. What should we do? We need to stay. We should loot the place. No, just shut up, shut up. And then you're going to then execute your plan? Yes. Okay. 
All right, you execute your plan, and all of a sudden, so the door shuts. <laughs> Try it again. Oh, screw this. Goblins <laughs> are dumb, and I'm a dwarf. Kick the door open and charge in with my with my axe. I don't care anymore. <laughs> okay. All right. So you try to bust the door down. What are you busting it down with? Well, I'm going to open it with a latch, and then I'm going to kick it with my foot so it swings open hard. Now when you try to open the door, it seems that something is barring it. You're unable to open it. So did you actually see any goblins in there, said Dwarf? So, but I opened it the first time, so because I only I just, opened it about six inches. Correct. All right. So, I, I'm going to shout a goblin. You, you I'm going to shout a goblin. Open the door. Let us in. And you hear coming back? Is this room service? Oh. Say yes. Say yes. Say yes. Yes. And we have what do you one have? Here. Land shark. <laughs> Flowers. Anybody know what goblins eat? Dwarf brains. <laughs> Dwarf brains? Dwarf brains. How do we how do we know this is really room service? <laughs> Who else would it be? Room service? What happened to Tis and Thane? Oh no, we're looking for he's, yeah, he's on the other he's over in the other room. Gazing at his reflection. We may be goblins, but we're not stupid. We thought he was with you. Oh that <laughs> that stands to me. So you don't know. <laughs> no, we thought he was in there. His brain not is in missing. Here. Tap, he says, the brain is missing. Well, it's do you want food. your food or not? <laughs> oh, God. Um, the other door that's on that side, do we hear or see the same noises Does like coming from there? You do, you do not. You do not hear any other noises. Guys, let's just bust down this door. Let's quit effing yeah, up. It's, it's a smaller room. Yeah. I got a 17 strength. Who else wants to go with me? I, I'll, I'll bust. I'm, I'm an eight. I, I'm, I've got exceptional brawn for no brains. Mm -hmm. I got 16 strength. All right. Help you. I'm, I'm, I'm 18. I'm Push on it. Oh. Push. Well, no way I'm going to do it. I rolled a 94. <laughs> what do I got to roll? I'll try to open it. James, what would this... Oh, is James not here? I'm here. Oh, so would this be like a Ben Bars, lift gates kind well, of roll? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the door into the room, it's... Uh, Bart. Yeah, yeah, you'd have to do a Ben Bars. Let's try that. Okay. Because uh, unless you have, uh, you know... I'm going to help. I'm going to help him while I'm doing it. After I do my first attempt, I'm going to say, screw it. And when he's doing it, I'm going to help him. Okay. I'm yeah. going to help I rolled a two. Oh. Zero, zero. Two out of a hundred. That's great. Wow. 
Oh, and that's Father Glock. Yeah. 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 Let's go, Father. So you guys basically just, you know, you you put your weight in it and you press and and you hear the creaking of the door and the bar and uh, it kind of pressure, 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 and then uh, snaps and the door flings open. And now you, 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 well, you two, now you two kind of stumble into the room and Dan, take it away. And what you see is, so you stumble into this room. It is 40 feet east, west, 15 feet north, south. You notice that there are some stairs going up to a second story. You see a wooden bed, a horsehair mattress, a plain washstand with a bowl and a chamber pot. You also are hearing some faint sounds of running and chattering coming from outside. You notice that what you've done is you have splintered a bar. There was a bar which was used to keep it shut, to keep anything from coming inside. And that's all you see. You hear up above. What? What? They're there. They heard the door. Shut up, 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 shut all right, so, so so Tangly, all right, you head up, and Tangly, when you get up to the top, you notice just standing, all staring at you, are 11 little dudes, dull orange in color with yellow, lemony eyes, all sorts of different weapons, mace, hammers, things like that, and they're all just staring at you. Where's the... I'm gonna charge them. <laughs> All right. Oh, so you're gonna you're attacking them, I guess. Yeah. Angley is attacking. Okay. So so the rest of you, all you hear is, shh, and then you you there's a slight you're pause, about- and then you just heard that inaudible scream that was so loud it blew out the microphone, and and <laughs> he charges forward. So I'm gonna call I'm gonna call initiative now. So the way we do initiative is we. Uh, we do what's called in the box. So someone rolls initiative, and then the initiative rotates. So starting from my top, it's going to be Brian is in the box first, then uh, Martin, then Steve, Vic, Jeannie, and then Tom. So Brian, you're in the box. What do you? What's your declared action? You're you're downstairs still. This is big, a pushy, a big production. All rights reserved. 